one of the most like secret like OP things in the game. Yeah, LSS gives you some and then they, they take some away, so <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Win and In Podcast episode nineteen. Today I am joined with my usual co host, uh, Mr. Jonathan Wyatt. And another special guest, a two-timer, returning guest, the most recent battle-hardened winner of Indianapolis, Mr. Peter Budensick. Yeah, there it is. Um, Winning with none other than Kano himself. (laughs) How's it going, boys? We got the two-time in. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, you got to... The joke is that I'm now the two time, but if anybody knows the Doctor Disrespect meme, it's the two time. Back to back, two time blockbuster. Back to back. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. It's creeping back. Obviously, uh, it, it is a wild weekend, so like obviously I can get into it. But yeah, it's it's very fun, very fun to be back. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, let's uh, let's hop straight into it. I'm uh, really interested to hear about your. Your run in Battle Hardened, uh, you seem to be the the combo king, so to put it. Um, really, really showing success on these combo decks, bringing them in, and uh, yeah, really giving them your own flavor and taste. So, um, yeah, if you could, how how is the event, and then uh, yeah, how are your rounds? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I play a lot of combo decks, or like think about a lot of like different interactions. So like that, that's nice to hear. Um, so. Do you want me to preference like what I did at the calling first, and then why I played the battle hardens at the calling? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the whole story for for Indy, right? <laughs> so uh, I obviously uh, leading in leading into Indy, uh, we had you know some bans. You know, we had hypothermia leave, had belittle leave, and we had winter's whale get banned, right? And which were pretty big. Like when I looked at it, I was like, this is like pretty big hits right because when you like really think about it like little minimalism was like one of the most like secret like op things in the game that a lot of people either like hated or they abused it i was an abuser don't get me wrong but like <laughs> it was it was really good right and then like hyperthermia was is like obviously very good against briar and very good against all these like runeblade-esque aggro decks that like get go again in a different way and then Winter's Whale, obviously, for Oldham is like, bro, I was hearing, like, Guardian is dead. Guardian will never be a thing anymore. Pretty sure like, I said that I myself. Guardian Copers in my locals. <laughs> I'm talking about Eric specifically. We got one of them right this here. Man was like, man was, man was like, posted up on his chair, just like, bro, the world is gone, bro. Like, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> I was. He, he was hard coping. And, and he's like, I don't think I could ever... I don't know if I'm a good player anymore. And I was like, bro, Winter's World got banned. You could probably play, like, Bravo or something. But, no, I, I mean, it, it was big changes, right? Or perceived big changes. Um, I still thought Ice Center was going to be good leading to this tournament. I still thought there was going to be an Oldham deck that's just going to be a little less good. Maybe it's, like, A- minus B tier, but it's still going to be, like, shown up. Maybe there's one or two that squeaks into top eight. I still thought it was a really good deck because of the tools Guardian has. Um, and then I thought Phi would still be good post Belittle ban. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, so I specifically like playing Phi. Um, not like, 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 but like, it's just one of the decks that like, I resonate with. I, I like playing aggro decks and I like playing combo decks. 
Um, so there's not realistically a consistent combo deck in CC currently. Uh, I played a lot of Kano. I just don't. I, I think it's like just a little bit off of being like consistent enough for me wanting to play a combo deck like that. So spent a lot of time on Fi. Basically went from 13 blues with, with Belittle to 17, and then played Ravenous Rebel, uh, and some other like like random sideboard cards. Like I, I was able to make uh, room for like a race face for Dash Viscerai and stuff like that. Um, so I I thought I was pretty confident going into the calling with this like new Fi list. Thought you could just like really win a lot of the matchups. Like still, he's still really consistent. Um, did pretty well, started two zero. You know, somehow flipped a Kano match round one, which I thought I was like giga dead. Um, <laughs> like beat two OG Bravos day one, which like a lot of people were like, oh, you know, it's like one of your worst matchups. Uh, I got destroyed by a Viscerai and still almost won that match. Uh, but yeah. it was like eleven to one on the last turn. And uh, I got double revel and rune blood, uh, like swinged at, and so I had no AB, so I just died at eleven, and I went, "That's that's, that's crazy, right? Oh. Like that's crazy." I feel for you. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, it happens, you know. Like, don't get me wrong, I I was gooned on people on this right for a long time, so like I got gooned on. He hit double blue tome on the same turn, like it was well, bro. I was I was like, I went in this game, so. Yeah, and then I lost to an Ice Lexi, and then I lost a close one on stream, actually, from my win for day two against uh, against Briar. Lost that close one. I had some, like, pretty unlucky draws, but, like, that's the now a little bit more inconsistent Phylus, because you have to play so many weird cards these days. Um, what happens, you know? Not really too mad about it. It was kind of disappointed. Then went to Kilroy's, if you guys were at Indy. Um... Kilroy's was like this random bar. It was actually right next to my Airbnb, um, which was quite nice. Uh, I went, I ate there for four days straight. Um, it's it quite good. Great bar food. Uh, good burgers. Uh, and then I played the Battle Hardened, and uh, I spent about 30 minutes making my Kano list because I haven't played Blitz since uh, Worlds. And they unbanned Stormfetters, and I was like, I'm definitely playing Kano. And that's all I knew. So I had a 30-minute conversation with my boy Alex4, and we built the deck, and obviously it won, so it was pretty good. Wow. I mean, you've been a Kano player for a minute, too. Yeah, I, I think, like, besides very few times in Blitz, I've been playing Kano. Like, uh, when I first started playing the game, uh, it was like, we're in, like, an Ira-Kano meta. I played a lot of Ira back then, because I was, like, I, I, I like the aesthetic of Ninja. Um, so I played a lot of the Ira, and then I got taught how to play Kano back then from, like, Brendan Patrick on Arsenal Pass, uh, watching their videos and all the time. And then Combo Vis came out in Blitz, and I played that for a skirmish season, and that thing was disgusting, and I loved that deck. And then they banned it, and because he was too good. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to playing Kano for a long time, um, then Stormtriders got banned because of Icelander's Sins, and then Kano was, like, almost unplayable. And so I played Chain at Worlds, and then now Stormstars is unbanned. I'm a Kano stand. Yeah, back released from your cage, just ripping and roaring, ready released to go. From the dungeon. Yeah, and yep. it, it seems pretty good, right? Because you're at least practiced enough on Kano to to come in and, and bring it to this deck, but um, seem, seemingly a little unprepared. Did you have any hesitations going into the uh, the battle hardened initially? 
or were you uh well were you pretty confident in your skill level i think like the the thing is, is like obviously i was prepping a significant amount of time for cc which is the main event for the calling Absolutely. so like i i i wasn't really playing a lot of blitz uh like pretty much at all so but a lot of the game translates from format to format um except for like a couple things so I think like the theory in one format can translate to another format because you're basically what you have to do is think about a format that you're already in the mid game like so you're already halfway through basically halfway through your deck half your life total has already been taken and you start from that position in the game and you got to figure out what does your deck do from that position instead of 40 versus 40 how does 20 versus 20 or 20 versus 15 work right and then that's where you want to start structuring your blitz deck in my opinion of like you can't be super greedy you have to be you have to understand like you only got 20 life to play with that's not a lot like a lot of those end game scenarios play out the way they do because you can't pivot like you can when you're at 30 life so that's that, that's how i equate it like blitz to cc so i think a lot of the theory is there yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and uh, I think uh, the quick actions of blitz, you you have to be a really good player to be able to to pivot in a lot of those those situations, and uh, you know just have the metal to to withstand. So um, if you could, could you walk me through some of your matches and uh, tell me how how the deck performed uh, in your mind? Obviously, uh, you won the whole thing, so did pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah. So it went really well. Uh, I'll say this one joke uh, that I have. Uh, every single round that I started in my seat and not in the bathroom, I won. I'll get that in a second because um, it, it, it happened in round four, which is hilarious. Uh, but going to the day, uh, I, I felt pretty well. Uh, obviously, I played a lot of Kano. Um, I think a lot of people, especially in a blitz scene, has either played against like maybe one good Kano in their life. So showing up and being like that good Kano is probably really good. Um, I didn't really see a lot of Kano, and not a lot of people play Kano because it's like actually really hard to play. And like the pivot, because like one mistake in blitz, you kind of just lose the game. And Kano has a little bit of some bad matchups uh, that are like kind of popular in blitz right now at like a casual scene. So a lot of people kind of stay away from that. Um, but it's really good into the Ice Heroes and why it's like a kind of a sleeper pick in CC because it's good against Icelander and it's good against Oldham. And I think a lot of people default to those characters when they go to a format they don't know a lot, um, especially because a lot of people play, are copers and play Kasai. And uh, Kano is literally the worst thing you could ever see when you play Kasai because you cannot win that matchup no matter what you do. So it's true. It, it's, it's crazy. True. Uh, so going to the day felt pretty confident. Um, I uh, showed up and I sat down on my seat for round one, and I was so I was so good. My opponent didn't show up. You know, I was, I was so intimidating. You know, <laughs> you got the nice clothing with kayfabe cards. You know, like uh, they just didn't. It wouldn't be a tournament if you didn't get a free win somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I. It's actually funny because. Uh, Randomly at locals, whenever there's like an odd number, I get the buy. I don't know what what it is, but I'm just like blessed by gem getting buys randomly, or my opponent doesn't show up. So 
it happens. So round one, I obviously got that dub because, you know, it's a buy. And then round two, I play against uh, Boost Dash, which is probably your worst matchup in the game as uh, as Kano. Mm -hmm. Uh was not happy to see Dash be revealed in front of me. It was actually the, you know, the Dash that always, uh, like, cosplays at, like, the callings and, like, the pro tour. Oh! It was her. Really That's nice. Cool. Really nice. I think her name is Rachel. Uh, Rachel, if I believe. Uh, yeah, she was a really, really nice person to play against. Um, didn't really know what a lot of what Kano did, and like we had some like nice fun. And I was like explaining something. Um, uh, that game was really interesting uh, as well. I like comboed. I just like threw four spells on turn two, and I was like, oh, this doesn't happen all the time. And then, yeah. So, That's what all the Kano <laughs> players say, don't they? Uh. And, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. <laughs> I, I had like, I had an insane like red tome into like three spell like just do twenty arcane in one turn. Like, I was like, I'm sorry. I I, I was like, I went to I had an extra blue in my hand, so I was like, oh, I'll just Kano at the end of your turn because like I my entire turn was just gonna be like uh, blue pitch into like aether spindle. And then it turned into, like, hit red tome, hit good spell, hit good spell. Uh, I guess I can storm shatters this other spell in my hand and you die. Like, it, yeah, it happens. But she was really nice. She was really nice. Uh, flipped that matchup. And then round three, I played against an Oldham, which is, like, the matchups I want to see. Mm -hmm. Because the longer the game goes as Kano, the happier that I am. Because I get to have more information, which the deck really is an information-based deck. Um, you make better decisions than your opponent, and you usually win the game. Uh, so I want a pitch deck, uh, but this one goes a little awry on turn zero. He wins the die roll, and uh, he read Glacial Fuses on turn zero. So uh, I start the game at uh, eight, and then uh, I take zero damage because I didn't hit anything off the top. And then you and then I go to my take turn. off the take off the body weights after that point. Like, All right, take <laughs> off the restraints. Yeah, I was like, oh damn, like that's a pretty good start. And we were like joking about it. And then like uh, I go to eight, and then I like blast him on like my turn. And then I think I do like four or five damage uh, through AB. And then he comes in with like it was like endless winter. And then I believe I had a pummel over the top to like just kill me. On turn two, and I had like red scolding, red scolding, you die. Like, just I had it, he did like he, he was like, I need to try to kill you uh, as fast as possible because I think you can, if you're a competent Kano player, you will just pitch stack me if I want to play uh, defensively. So I'm just gonna try to kill you and see if you have it, which I had it. So, but I, I do think more people need to do that when they play against Kano is like. Yeah, if you if you don't have the facilitation of like holding the blue pitches in hand, and you don't want to play slow. Like sometimes it is just dump your hand, hope they can't kill you in response, because not every hand can kill you in response, but a lot of them do. So, you know, you gotta. Pick I want to so, want to preface this real quick because I was there um, even before I came and saw the end result. Uh, which was insane. It was very much insane. I thought you were dead, but he came in. You you did it. Um, but before I even walk over, I see Peter just like this, just like just covering his head, like just really focused. And I was like, uh oh, doesn't look good. And now I know that's because you got fused with the red glacial footsteps. 
That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so it was like Fuse Red Glacial. I go to eight, and then it was like I knew something was awry when I just like red spell. He just goes, I'm not gonna pitch. And I go, I'm dead. Like, I'm straight dead, right? Like, and he just goes, like, endless winter, no fuse, two floating. And I go, that has to be a pump. There's no reason you just, you, you don't pitch that extra card, right? And I'm like, I'm dead. I'm like, this has to be a pummel. And I was like, throw my tunic in front of it. No, like, that's all the blocks I have. He's like, pummel. I'm like, it's go time, baby. Like, <laughs> there's only one thing to do. Like, so, yeah, I, I saw Eric walk over. Uh, I was, like, hard in the tank, but, like, just trying to, like, figure out, like, the what it, the exact if I should use Crucible or not, because I, I didn't know, if I didn't hit a blue off the top of my Ragamuffins, like, it, it made it a little bit more awkward. So I'm, like, in the tank, and I'm, like, ah, uh, you know, like, what, what, how do I sequence this correctly to, like, not whiff? Because I've whiffed a lot, so you always try to not whiff. And then... I had, like, the E-Pot to, like, have, like, exact resources to, like, uh, like to kill him, too. And then, like, Eric's just like, damn, that was fucking good. I was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> all right, so, you're, so, good, so yeah. you did the math, and then you looked up, and you're like, all right, call an ambulance. But not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, playing Kano is, like, the funnest, wildest experience, like, you could ever have in your entire life. Because it's just, like, our, fundamentally, you always start the game losing. And then, but you trade always losing the game to have a double turn, which, don't get me wrong, if I could have that for every hero in the game, I take that every day, right? Like, it's hard for some, like, you to be able to go basically two turn cycles when somebody can only go one turn cycle, uh, you just leak significant amount of damage, right? Um, Storm Shiders is a hell of a drug. Kano is a hell of a drug, <laughs> so I hope that, I hope, I actually hope that that gets better because... Or there's decks like it in the future, like kind of like how Ice Center plays, but Ice Center is kind of like Kano training wheels, to say realistically. Um, but I hope there's more decks like that in the future as well. So. Okay. Yeah. So after Ultim, what was uh, your next matchup? Okay, my next n matchup was the bathroom toilet because mm. Uh, mm. I started the I started the round from the top. It's a hard matchup. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll preface this by after round three. Uh, I it's the Oldham, which didn't take that long, but I had a nice conversation with him afterwards about like the matchup and, and his theory on it and my theory on it. Um, I walk over to the calling. I I think there's like five five minutes left on the on like the time, so I thought I was fine. So I walk over to the calling. Um, I, I was like going to use the restroom. I see like my my judge friends, and I kind of like wave hi to him. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna go like see what my friends are doing in the calling because they're in day two and then like use the restroom and then come back um didn't think much of it go to the calling uh watch like my boy like majin uh he's like two and oh on day two i was like oh let's go uh watch some like trissy ali and horse bull and i was like oh nice like my boys are doing good right they're making deep runs into day two like they're like two three rounds in like like basically like playing winning ins for top eight like two rounds in a row which didn't go well but is, is what it is. And then I watched for about, like, I'd probably say, like, a minute, minute and a half. And then I walked to the restroom. Then I used the restroom. And while I was at the restroom, uh, they called the next round for the battle horn. But I can't hear anything in the restroom. So I walk out of the restroom. And uh, I walk back to the calling. And because Chris was still playing, because he was playing against Fatigue Oldham as Lexi. And he actually won that one. 
and uh, I watch for probably 10 seconds, and I look to the, my left, uh, to the, my battle horn, and uh, everybody sat down. And I go, dang, that's tragic. And I, like, run over. <laughs> I, like, run over, and I sit down, and I'm, like, exactly, like, 3 minutes, 15 seconds late. So, like, it's an IP3, right? Because it's, like, 310 is, like, the, the two denominators. And I try to argue, like, hey, I was in the restroom, and they're like, can you prove it? And I was like, I, I so, I love Dungeons. Can you prove it? Okay. Like, <laughs> like, it, it was like, it, it was like, can you prove it? Like, can you, did you tell a judge that you went, right? And like, my mind's like, okay, like, obviously, I didn't try to be late. And like, you could, if you could like, go back in security footage, like, you just see me walk out of the bathroom. <laughs> like, like, obviously, like, I could prove it technically, but like, it would take a while, like, uh, it's just like one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm not, re- I'm not mad at them. Like it's the rules. Like realistically, I should have told the judge, like, hey, I'm using the restroom if I'm late to the next round, and preface it that way. But you know, it's it, it's my fault. So I get an IP three, and then I sit down, and my plane's playing boost dash, which is just a death sentence. Uh, I want to note that I went to like three life on turn zero. Off yep. to a good start. Yeah. So, like, I get an IP3, my opponent wins the die roll, I block with three cards in my hand, and go to three. <laughs> I, like, it, I, I, I don't know if it's, like, it's, like, one to three. I was, like, I was, like, holy sh- I was, like, anything hits me, right? Anything, I die, right? Like, you could breathe on me, and I die. And I'm, like, okay, cool. Uh, but they only, so I think he was either newer, um, he was, like, the green tree rampage jersey thing, and, like, I believe those guys are, like, kind of, like, new or, like, they're just kind of, like, casual local people. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he only presented AB1 against Kano. I don't know if he only had AB1 in his sideboard or he just thought, like, oh, you have an IP3, I can just probably kill you But if I use my other equipment. And so I actually had a random chance of winning that game because I hit, like, uh, like red spell into, like, red spell into, like, Arsenal or Reddit Emeritus Golding. And then I drew blue, red, red. But if I drew blue, blue, red with the marriage scolding in Arsenal, he died. So, like, like, so I almost flipped that matchup, but, like, I had I have a video in my hand. I just die. Like, I, I can't block anyways, so I tried to, like, you know, go off. Like, he had a really bad start because he goes, like, blue throttle, blue throttle, yellow throttle. And I was like, hmm. wait, do I just, like randomly get to like live this turn if i like block with like two cards in my hand plus tunic on like the uh like the last the last attack that comes in but then he goes like two for ten and i'm like oh i'm 100 percent dead like i can't do anything <laughs> <laughs> like, that's tragic and, and i mean it's, it's what it is like i should be more i should go to my round on time you know like it's it's what it is but that was the actually the only thing i lost the entire day which that's fun. Yeah, LSS uh, gives so, you some, and then they, they take some away, they, so... <laughs> they give you some with the round one buy, and they take it away with the... <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's all fair in the day's work, you know? Uh, but that was round four. Round five, I play against uh, Sebastian Calavaro. I hope Hopefully I'm saying your last name right. And uh, he was playing Chain. Obviously, he's known for mm-hmm. it uh, in round five. We had a good conversation. Um, I know he took a break from the game for a while. And it, it, I'm I'm happy he came back, you know. Like I'm happy to see people that when I first started playing, like in Monarch uh, and being competitive with people and traveling to these events, he was like one of the first people that like 
you know, is he top into the calling? You know, he lost in the finals to Horsepool, and like, it's just a really nice guy, right? And I've I've had a lot of interactions with the card guys, and like, they're all nice guys, and you know, I, I was happy to see him back. Had a good conversation during the game. Um, the game wasn't particularly close at all. He just rolled over and died, really. But like, it it was a good. It was like a it was like a a good time to like see him at events again. Hey, nice um, to see you. Um, bye. I know. I felt. I felt. I felt bad. It, it was just like every every turn. It seemed like uh, he like had just like triple or like quad red in his hand, and he was like pretty scared to overextend because I just had like an arsenal and four cards in my hand every turn, and it, it's kind of hard when you play against Kano and you know you have low AB. And you pitch a red to do something, and then like now Kano knows that you have like no resources in your hand, unless you're like ultimately bluffing something, right? Uh, so you have to play like he was playing a little scared. I would rather just take two damage from a Rosetta Thorn and then play on my turn and then chip you down until you just die. So so what it was. Um, then I played against OG Bravo. I played against Edward Knight. He's a Magnolia pro player he's a, he's a nice guy i played him in the calling and beat him there and i played him in this in this and beat him here so this is a great guy i had a great conversation with him both games uh he was playing og bravo um and i won uh i played around pummel like three times and i after the game he had the pummel all three times to like exactly kill me and i like blocked with a tunic and so like he didn't pummel the first time, and then I blocked over, over, so I didn't die until the red pummel. And then, like, if he red pummeled, he had, like, zero floating, so he 100% died, but he had to try to kill me. And then I, I won in response, and it, it, it was a nice game. It was a nice game. It was like, what's the only thing I lose to here? Oh, you have red pummel? Alright, let me block accordingly. Oh, you had red pummel the entire time? Well, glad I put that around that, you know? Like, it... I, I think I made a lot of good reads this weekend, and, like, that red pummel and that round was, like, one of the good reads um round seven uh i played against an icelander uh and won that one that's one of your good matchups and then round eight i played against a chain um and so we made top eight wow very good yeah. very good cool. cool and then we round we made top eight and then i run over to the calling and uh my friend majin made top eight of the calling and like my teammate majin and, like, so we were excited. We were like, bro, we got the double top eight this weekend. Like, that's cool. And, like, we were hanging out. And I was like, good luck. Because he was playing, like, uh, uh, Patel in the top eight as Briar. And he was playing Icelander, which is a good matchup. But, like, obviously Patel is, like, such a, a, gr a great guy and a, gr a great player that I was like, you know, it could go any either way, you know? And so he imagine winning his top eight. And then I played against the Icelander uh, in top eight. And I, this guy was really nice, um, so nice to me, um, but I don't know if he knew the matchup 100%, uh, cause, so I put him on the play, cause I, I was the higher seed, I put him on the play, he does nothing on turn, turn zero, which is correct, uh, and then I don't do anything, I just play an E-pot, and then Arsenal a red tome, he comes in, uh, with like, a one for four arcane spell, I like pitched double blue to like stop it, and then he uh he like waiting moons himself and like abs it to like get the Kinsella's trigger, mm. and then go to my turn. I play like the the red tome from my arsenal to draw two cards, 
and then I hit Swell Tidings off the top, off my blue, and then I Swell Tidings him, and then pitch a red to come in with Waiting Moon, and he, like, ABs like, and takes, like, one damage. And then I Arsenal Red Scolding, and then he has two cards in his hand, because he AB'd for six. Uh, and then he E-Strikes me for seven, with zero cards in his hand, zero floating. And uh, he was at 17, and uh, he died. Because <laughs> I just drew double Emeritus Scolding, like, third spell, and, uh, yeah. Uh, he was like, oh, I didn't think you could kill me there, and I was like... Well, <laughs> That's Kano for you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I, I guess, like, I, I think he was really nice. He was a nice guy, like, but I don't think, like, when you don't play against Kano a lot, uh, especially because, like, Ice Center is, like, your bad matchup is Kano because he can abuse, like, certain situations that you're not, you usually don't have to deal with because you're the, you're the character that plays on both turns, but Kano also plays on both turns, so... The wizard matchup is like whoever makes a mistake loses because it's very punishing if you make a mistake. So he made a mistake and he took twenty seven. Yeah, I just love that story. It's just like you, you know, you 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 play down the E strike and you're like, all right, I got a seventeen health buffer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, because like in any other matchup, right? Like you use two cards to block and you come in for seven, and that's like this whole ice center's whole entire thing, right? But against Kano, uh, you have two cards in your hand. Do you pass the turn? You, as Ice Center, you just you just pass. You mm-hmm. like you can you just pass, you just can't do anything because <laughs> like if you if you respond, I kill you. Like, which is exactly what happened. So yeah, and then I played against uh, the Chain Gauntlet, uh, as I like to call it, uh, in semifinals and finals. So semifinals play a really interesting game. Uh, this is like. Nourishing Emptiness was pretty good for me, like, the entire weekend, but a lot of the time people, especially Chain, will play EB3 plus um, the Spellblade 2 hat against Kano, specifically, and when they do that, they don't have, you know, Husk to stop Nourishing Emptiness, and we made the conscious decision of putting Nourishing Emptiness in the deck, although it's, like, it, it's kind of rough, but, like, sometimes you just need to hit it and, like, not hit it off Kano and, like, just draw it in a lot of games, because it can get you... A lot of uh, a lot of resources and a lot of like other other stuff that helps you out, right? Um, both times I uh, both in the semis and the finals I hit with nourishing emptiness, and the uh, chain can't block it, and the matchup's super close, and I'd probably say it's like 50-50, um, depending on how good like the chain player is, because what chain can do against Kano that's like really efficient is because of shoal shackles, if you hit. A certain number of cards off your shackles in the first like three turns you can just play out of your banish and never play a card from your hand and what is really good about that is that it makes it so kano can't ever respond basically on your turn because if they do, like you have cards in hand to always ab so and i think they played around it really well especially the uh, my opponent in the finals played around it very well because he hit he he obviously hit really well off his banishes but he understood that he wanted to keep one to two cards in his hand basically at all times to like the illusion of like hey i could have multiple blues in my hand um so if you try to respond obviously you're, you're not going to kill me in enough time right um i had a really good like sequence of uh hitting with nourishing and like double spelling on my turn or like attempting to double spell um and i had like a lesson lava with a scolding or a red scolding in my arsenal a lot of the time when I come in with Lesson, it's like to put... I have like another blue in my hand with one floating. 
I was like, oh, I can go lesson for four and then get my Aether Quickening and come in for another four, and then I can probably kill him with Red Scolding. Um, but he spoiled to the lesson, which actually makes a, a, like, a lot of sense, uh, because... Uh, and that happened, like, in semis and finals, where my lessons got, uh, spoiled and they AB2'd, and I was like, that's pretty nice. Like, that's, it makes a lot of sense, like, uh, to do that. Because you don't want to have Kano Tutor, especially if you're playing, like, top 8 versus the Kano player. It's like, where you gotta give them the respect, right? Like, it, they're doing so much. And then, uh, I killed him with Red Scolding. Uh, he had, like, a blue pitch in hand, and he was at, like, 11 life, and I did, like, 15 damage to him on his turn. I, like, knew he had a blue because he reeled off a little, and he just died. So it was good. And then finals, we played, like, a really uh, interesting game to where I hit with Nourishing Emptiness and had a five-card hand, and he was at, like, nine. And I, I, I like, couldn't kill him because I drew triple red. So it was, like, double blue, triple red, and I blocked with, like, four cards and just played, like, a card from Arsenal and then eventually killed him the following turn. But that's something with Nourishing Emptiness can do, is you hit with it, and then you block with five cards. Because it makes it so they you don't die in a lot of situations, or you can kill them. Wow. So, yeah. Wow, awesome. And then I, I, yeah. I had both chains. Like, I was dead on, like, dead on the attack, like, even if I blocked my entire hand. And it was like, you have one card in hand, like, I have Red Meridus in my arsenal. If I hit another, like, good spell, I win the game, and... You know, I hit both times, so it was good. Wonderful, wonderful. So it sounds like, you know, you're just one of those guys that just really likes to perform under pressure, even when, you know, uh, your your life total is starting to dwindle. It's like uh, that only, you know, makes you perform better, right? So yeah, able yeah, to yeah. turn stuff around and, you know, make magic happen. So out of curiosity, um, how much uh, how much Spellboid did you see? And, uh, like... Is that something that you worry about in uh, Blitz in general? Uh, the only Spellblade I saw was Chain. Uh, Chain playing like this Spellblade 2 on his hat. Hmm. Um, Chain has a lot of like... Because you don't have a lot of equipment... You play the same equipment basically in like every matchup. You can afford to have a lot more slots into Kano. Especially when you play like 4 Belittle. You can like get a blue all the time and you're like super consistent, right? So it's one of the few decks that can play EB3 plus Spellblade. Um, I do think that some decks, like, when I play against Briar, or when I play against, like, um, other random matchups, they could be playing Spellvoid. Uh, I think people haven't explored it enough, I'd probably say, of playing Spellvoid in, in Blitz, because you do get free, like, sideboard slots the entire time, and I think that's something people should play a little bit more of, but they're like, oh, well, in this certain matchup I want to play, like, this random like arm piece that's gonna give me like one percentage point but i'm probably never playing against a kano but it would give me like 10 percent versus kano i think people should take the 10 percent versus the deck that's like if you're playing like in the deep rounds of a tournament versus a kano that kano like he knows what he's doing right so you should be playing a little bit of spell void uh to try to to beat that match yeah, enough with the gambler's gloves. KO is not here. Don't worry about that. <laughs> play, play the full AV package. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's really sound advice. Like you know, especially when we're we're talking about how much spell void can kind of help out in that area. But you know, if you do sit across from Peter, 
um, it may not help. It just, you know, it's just, uh, it is what it is. You know, you can't beat fate. <laughs> so, I, so uh, I, my favorite Twitter interaction after I won is uh, uh, my boy Mo Bogsley uh, is iconic for getting second at Battle Hardens. Hmm. In like Blitz Battle Hardens, he's gotten, I think he's gotten second like three times in Battle Hardens. And uh, they, they called me the winning Mo Bogsley. The one that wins the battle hardest, <laughs> not the loser of the battle hardest. Oh wow, wow! And I was like, I was like, that's not even a compliment. That's just like you dissing this dude on Twitter at this point. That's uh, kind of true. So yeah. this is. I was like, Tick. so you you better watch out. This is Brody's territory. Oh, that's that's. True. I did play. I the one I won. I Brody was in that top eight, but uh, I didn't. Nice. I didn't see him in the finals. I don't know where he was. You know. He yeah yeah he didn't scrub out uh, like we did I, on the culling. I, I, I do. I, I do love Brody. Yeah, for sure. So congratulations on your win. You know, you secured the uh, your second PTI, I believe. Yep. Um, and then, uh, did you get a cold foil drop as well, or a gold foil? Yeah, so, uh, I knew the guy in the finals, um, and we, 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 we decided to split the gold foil, because, uh, first and second place got the same amount of cash, so we just decided mm -hmm. to, like, split the gold foil, because you, you could sell it sealed, and when people talk money to me, I am, uh, am broke. And so, uh, if you tell me that there's money, I'm going to take. It. Uh, um, so <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I can get a deal." Like one of the vendors, like gave like uh, I won't say the number, but like obviously, like they, they gave a good a good deal on it. And instead of like, I knew the other guy that was playing the finals like uh, pretty well, and I know he's a great player, so like the game could go either way. So I kind of was like, eh, I'll take the I'll, I'll take the split on this one. Usually I don't like taking splits unless it like makes a lot of sense. I think take, taking top eight splits is like really bad EV because like usually you can just like double your money if you win for like top eight to top four, and then splitting top four makes a lot of sense like for store credit or for like normal cash prizes and like and uh, like a skirmish or a a PTQ or some something like that, right? Um, but in these like high level events, I don't know anybody, so I don't trust anybody realistically. But I knew the guy in the finals, so and I knew he was good on his word, or I'd flame him on Twitter. So yeah, I, I, I took the split there. So I didn't open it. We sold it sealed to the guy, um, to one of the vendors. So I don't know if they opened it yet or not. I might. I told them if you open it, send me a DM, or if you sell it to somebody and they open it, send me a DM to tell me what it is. Uh, so I haven't got one yet. So. But I could be like hard coping if it's like Black Tech Whispers, because it'd be the first gold Black Tech Whispers, mm, which would be like yeah. three to five k. But I I think that the the question is a lot of the gold foils these days uh, that are in the drops are like a lot of them are like five to eight hundred, like or like people will offer like five to eight hundred on mm -hmm. them unless you get like the really good playable ones, like the WHR ones or. Like the OG ones, or like the arcane ones, or like basically heroes that are like super played. Um, if you don't get one of those, like they're 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 not worth like like the insane amount they used to be worth, right? Because uh, a lot of it is monetized a decent amount. Um, so I was like, I'll take the for sure amount that I can get. So yeah, so I can go to like paid for my Baltimore flight, which I was uh, a little concerned about, because I was like, oh, I, w I hope it doesn't go up in, like, two weeks when I can pay for this flight. But 
I got Scott it that weekend instead. So now we're good. Yeah, for sure. It sounds nice. pretty awesome that you're able to to have those conversations and you know split pricing with people. So yeah. I think that that's really cool that LSS kind of allows for that to happen. I think it's a really great policy. So um, yeah, again, congratulations on all your success in Battle Hardened. So um, yeah, you. you know, appreciate appreciate all the background and blitz, and uh, I think you know obviously the viewers do too. So. Um, thank you again for that. But uh, just kind of want to pivot the conversation and move a little bit back to the classic constructed side that you know we were talking about in the beginning. And uh, let's talk about the meta breakdown here at Indy. So um, yeah, just um, in general, day one we saw a lot of uh, a lot of Dromai, Fi, and Briar, you know, kind of making their way out in the aggro side. Um, and then, you know, day two comes out, we start seeing the statistics roll around, right? And, uh, you know, these bands were kind of interesting coming into mm-hmm. coming into Indy, but, um, you know, we see that a conversion rate of 50% for Icelander and 40% for Oldham. So just uh, wanted to get, well, I'll, I'll move to you here, Eric, first, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on, on that meta breakdown and um, just Indy in general. Well, the first thing I want to say is um, only one Kano made it day two. That could have been you, Peter, if you played Kano instead of Phi. Just saying, it could have been. It, <laughs> that, that is true. So what's um, hilarious is if I actually did play Kano at this event, I would have played a Kano Mirror match round one. That's true. If you've never played a Kano Mirror match in any format, it is... A very wild experience. Any, it's a very wild yeah. experience. But yeah, what what are your thoughts on the meta, uh, Eric? Well, so um, I think the first and foremost is uh, Ice is very much still here. I know a lot of people were, were like even like changing their name to Ice is dead. The aggro is here. Uh, no, Ice is very much still here. Um, more just was so with the Icelander, Oldham. Not even ice anymore, really. Like, unless you're fatigue old, I'm not even ice. Uh, we did see a rise in that, though. Fatigue old, uh, with Charles Dunn, um, he he had great success with it in the PQ, and he brought it to the calling. Same deal. Uh, but we also saw aggressive oldums as well. And the meta's not changed, really. I think, like Peter was saying, I think we did see a drop-off with Phi. Um, it seemed like Briar took that spot. So I think it's now Icelander, Oldham, and then Briar. Um, but yeah, the meta is still kind of the same, and I don't even think that they can take anything more away from Oldham or even Icelander at this point. It seems like there's just going to be good heroes, and they just got to LL. Yeah. So um, to that point, you know, I, I know you're kind of that aggro combo, Peter, and you're making quite a name for yourself on that. So like. How, how do you feel about aggro in this meta? Is it is it kind of dead until, you know, Outsiders comes out? So, I don't think it's dead, realistically. Um, mm. How, like, as I said before, like, I, I thought, like, I thought Icelander I was still going to be good, and, like, Oldham took a hit, but I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Obviously, I don't think basically anybody going into this tournament would have thought, like, that top eight would have been that top eight, right? Like, if you would have told me that two Icelanders made top eight, like, I probably wouldn't be surprised. Like, I'd be like, it, I, mean, I mean, you got Michael Hamilton coming to this tournament, you know, and, like, that, that's probably at least one, like, if he's playing Icelander, and then maybe somebody else tweaks in, you know? But if you would have told me five Oldhams post-Winter's Whale ban is in top eight, 
I, I would have said you're crazy. I don't think anybody could have actually predicted that. I do think people were like, yo, like, it's just an aggro meta, like, uh, and we're, like, throwing out these, like, acquisitions where, like, Ice is dead and stuff like that. I, I'm like, I'm gonna be completely honest with you, but, like, shut the fuck up. Like, you gotta be, like, <laughs> like, like, come on. Like, we, we all could look at that and be like, how did, like, Ice Center obviously is gonna lose, like, quite percentage points uh, versus, like, Briar, but, like, that matchup was, like, 70-30. And, like, now it's, like, 60-40, which is still a good matchup. And then, if you saw on, like, multiple camera games of, like, Icelander versus Briar, like, or if anybody's ever played Briar into Icelander, like, it is very hard to win that matchup. Like, if you don't roll them and Icelander don't, doesn't have, like, a lot of experience, like, you do just lose very consistently. Like, the embodiment of, like, Earth, like, trigger, like, pops and you just put a channel out there, they literally can't cast a card in their hand or, like, they pitch their entire hand to that. You get a free three damage, easily block it. You can come in with, like, wounded bull for for like seven and then still have an interaction up like it's very hard for them specifically to deal with what ice does so when you're going to a tournament where everybody's like oh it's gonna be aggro meta like uh briar dash is gonna probably be the best heroes like to come in i would say that like ice is probably not a bad pick and it's probably known to be a good pick right and like a lot of people brought lexi which i th also thought was a good pick but there's a decent amount of old them eventually um but it was kind of wild, because I did think there were going to be more, like, dash representation and uh, Bri representation. Uh, I did think Phi was at a decent point going into this tournament. Um, I think it just shows that Blittle being able to squeak in hands, like, and be super, super consistent and have these, like, huge, like, 7-8 card hand basically turns, you could see the difference between it uh, and the, just the results, right? Um... Phi is a hero where a lot of, like, newer players play it. So, like, there's a lot more people that play Phi at these events that, and the conversion rate is always going to be probably not that good, right? I think the conversion rate for Phi, it looks really bad. Uh, it's probably, like, a little bit better than it it actually stands out because the no number of amount of time people have come into, like, uh, and, like, tried out, like, Flesh and Blood, they see Phi and they're like, it clicks. Like, they're like, oh, cool ninja! Like, let me let me go see it. Like, let me go, let me play this character. So you get a lot of people that, especially at a calling level, um, when it's like open invites and they're not like PTs. The conversion rate for a lot of aggro decks aren't as good as it would be unless it's like those aggro decks are like actually really really good. Um, so like five percentage is going to be like a lot of the day two yeah. people or people that like lost their last round yeah. as five. Uh, are like the ones that are like known for playing the deck or they've played the deck uh, a lot or they played it at worlds and they were like oh this deck's super consistent and here's like my current build of it and going into it and felt confident on it and i think you saw a lot of like good players like i know uh matt w from magnolia he's like a prominent five player made day two with five and he did pretty well there was a random kadachi five at the top tables uh i don't know how he won games but uh he was there uh, and he was doing well, so like I'm a I'm a proponent of like hating Kadachi Fi like pretty deeply. I don't think you could ever tell me that Kadachi Fi is good in any meta, and that it makes sense. Um, and so seeing Kadachi Fi make it that long, like I was like, well, that's kind of weird. But I, I I think going into it, people's Fi's builds are also not going to be the best post Belittle because it was pretty streamlined at that point. You weren't playing a lot of like really interesting things with Belittle. 
uh, well, like, you weren't playing a lot of interesting things anymore because Belittle decks were just so good. And now people, uh, people just had to, like, try to build a character that had, like, seven cards removed from it, and they were like, oh, what else could I put in it? And a lot of them made the wrong decisions. Um, I think Ravenous Rebel and, like, playing extra blues is correct, and, like, changing some of the one cost is going to be what looking for in the future. I think Fi's problem currently uh, is because you lose Belittle, you lose, like, the 60-60 matchup versus Briar. Because I going into, like, in the ProQuest season, I thought the Briar matchup was 60-60. And I say that jokingly because if you ask a Fi player, they thought they would... They're, they're playing Fi because they think they beat Briar, and if you played a Briar person, they'd be like, oh, no, I just, like, channel force and they die, right? <laughs> like, And so, like, it, it, it's a 60-60 matchup because both sides think they're favored. Um, I actually do believe it's, like, 45-55. I think it's Briar favored now um, a decent amount because a lot of the, you need to have these explosive turns as Fi to beat uh, Briar and be more consistent because technically Runeblade is the more inconsistent deck of the two. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's hard to be channel. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Every agromir you understand, it's hard to be channel, right? And uh, they can o- you can only dodge channel so much or dodge good channel turns. And when your opponent's deck works and your deck that does not block efficiently, uh, it doesn't really go too well. So, but something that I do think Fi might have a little bit of a like uh, more legs in this meta that a lot of people think is that it's good against fatigue strategies. So I think Fi is gonna be is the premier aggro deck into fatigue uh Oldham because it's hard to fatigue Fi because of how his like his weapon works and how Phoenix Flame comes in and like Shugo activations and like setting up spreading flame art of war turns. You can get like you can go over like the classic like sixteen block with Oldham very efficiently. Um you can do like six hundred damage in a game. So Yeah. You know what? I, I I like that. That like that's perfect. I'm gonna I'm gonna now I'm gonna make a video on how to beat fatigue Oldham. Especially like mm-hmm. since I play fatigue Oldham, I know what beats me. That's one. Um, there's you know a lot of Briar tech as well. I think people want to know that. I think that's a deck that people see as like the great evil. And so if if you can like especially like you said, Fi is a very accessible hero. People click with Fi a lot easier. So yeah. if, you, if we can get, get something else, like, hey, I got you. You're a Fi player. It's okay. I like that. I I, am, I, I appreciate that one, Peter. Wrong. I'm going like, to do that. I did post... Yeah. I, and don't get me wrong. I did post on Twitter that I thought I, I'm going to not be playing Fi uh, probably until I, Outsiders because I don't think it's in like the best best position currently because... If the majority of aggro players are going to play Briar, and you sit down and there's 12 Briar, uh, and then like you're playing against Ice or Oldham, like you're going to have to try to flip these Briar matchups too many times, and it's just not something I want to be doing. Um, I also think like this is especially this month before Outsiders is like the key point in the meta to where you should try other meta decks that you haven't played in a long time. Like uh, I'm going to force myself to play Ice Center more because. I do not play patiently enough to play Ice Ender a lot of the time, so just like getting the reps in is going to be very key. Uh, also, I think there's just a uh, dash is very underexplored. Uh, I think the only like 
there was a fatigue dash that were at the top tables. He lost his win in top eight. But uh, I think that fatigue dash uh, could actually have legs in this uh, in this meta uh, and keep going. And then I also think boost dash is pretty good. But I think people I think people don't know how to build boost dash correctly. I think people saw like start techlo pounder and just try to boost into into people. And they, they saw that, and they're like, I will never innovate this deck further. And then I talked to Matt Rogers. I'm not going to give out his secret text and stuff like that. But there's a lot more depth to that boost strategy that a lot of people know. And a lot of people aren't playing cards that he was playing in, like, the tournament. And uh, sure. for somebody that knew what he was playing and watched some of his matches as well, um, he was styling on people. And uh, I talked to him after the event, and he said that he made mistakes to lose every single one of his games, or he would have been exo. And I was like, yeah, like, if you, it happens, right? So I think there's a lot more depth to this that people don't see or don't want to try to find out, right? Um, they see, yeah. like, Fatigue Oldham. And I don't even think Fatigue Oldham is, like, the the best version of Oldham currently. I still think it's the mid-range Oldham that's, that should be you should be playing, right? like to beat the briars to beat like other stuff that let's say respect like the, the amount of tech that you can have in your sideboard for fatigue hold them um i just think warhorn is like obviously a really good card uh to be able to like blow up a lot of like key pieces in your opponent's strategies and decks to beat fatigue and like remembrance obviously i know a lot of people are talking about like banning remembrance and i just don't really see it uh personally uh, maybe it's just because of like the type of like decks i play but I think Remembrance is actually fine for the game because it allows you to like recycle cards to like have a chance of winning. And these legendary cards have like decently cool effects that are like and like being able to play it multiple times like kind of cheats the purpose of it being legendary, but also allows you to like beat like Remembrance beats fatigue strategies. And like if you're don't mm -hmm. like fatigue strategies and you want to ban Remembrance, like it's kinda like, you know, it, it it's kinda weird. But, I, I don't know. I think this meta, there's a lot to explore. Uh, it's kind of sad that we don't see a lot of innovation because there's a new set, like, right around the corner. But I think if we have, like, a couple more callings, especially, like, US callings, usually you see a lot of innovation between them. Um, it's true. I would have. I would be pretty happy, so. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I you know, I don't say... think really the... Uh... The conversion rate from day two to top eight necessarily tells the whole story because while while there was quite a bit of Oldham and Icelander in the top eight, yeah. there was uh, also quite a bit of Briar just in the top sixteen in general. So it's not that it's the end of the world for for aggro, but uh, you know I just think it's an interesting question to pose, um, yeah. and I am kind of curious mm -hmm. to see if LSS thinks that fatigue Oldham is a strategy worth addressing or not at this time. So I'm um, really kind of interested to see how that kind of plays out as well, um, you know, in the future, so. Yeah. I think- I also like, just want to say that- like uh, games that I've had well, playing against- go, oh. go, go, go ahead. No, you, you, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. Okay. Uh, the games I've had against Fatigue Oldham are really good when you know, like after like turn three, you pretty much know it's Fatigue, right? And, like, sometimes you can board into it, and sometimes you don't need to. But the main thing I always think when I'm playing into Fatigue Oldham is that every damage counts, and you have a lot of time to set up. And there's a lot of instances where you can, you know, chip in damage here and there, and, like, set up these big turns. And I think 
versus fatigue it really shows how actually good of a player you are pitch stacking and playing multiple cycles and being able to chip in damage correctly and i think that pisses people off because they get exposed um i also think like because people don't like blitz because they get exposed because they lose too fast because they make a mistake and you lose so i i don't think people like that and i don't think people like playing against fatigue strategies because pitch checking is hard being able to know when damage comes from and where damage can you know chip or do a lot of damage is, is a hard philosophy to understand and when you play against fatigue and you lose like three games in a row and they're like hour long because you're playing against fatigue strategies and you miss probably 10 to 12 damage during that game and they live at four like it doesn't feel good right but i think those games show you more about improving in skill than anything and i think people don't see that aspect to it they just get like to get mad and complain about it so and it's fine right like if you want to complain about fatigue oldham you can just perpetually lose to fatigue oldham and they'll just get the win i'll get the win and then i'll play fatigue oldham and beat them so it's fine you know yeah yeah absolutely i think uh i think there's a lot more that uh to say about this meta and you know that we can uh, kind of see out in the future. Kind of curious how Auckland is going to take this, the calling. Uh, Auckland is two weeks yeah. away, so kind of excited about that. But, um, yeah, uh, I think that that pretty much covers everything that we wanted to, to really discuss on the podcast today. So um, just want to say in general, Peter, thank you so much for, for joining us again. Um, you know, uh, we were we were there for the first win uh, with Battle Hardened, and uh we knew it would happen again, so really happy that uh, <laughs> you were able to find success and and uh, you know come on board again. So um, look forward for yep. for the three time, right? Well, the three. Yeah, time. we're look we're already we're already looking it's forward a, to that. So it's the battle hardened buff, dude. It's the battle hardened buff. What can I say? Yeah, absolutely. So um, just for for anyone that's watching and um, anyone that's interested in uh, in following you. Um, would love to get your Twitter handle and uh, yeah, we'll put that below in the, the link. Yeah. So uh, you follow me on Twitter at, at mask of momentum. Uh, and you can follow me on YouTube at PTH TCG. Uh, we, I need to start uploading more, but that's like the main thing of to get like unfiltered, like deck techs and my podcast personally as well. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining us, Eric. Do you, do you mind yeah. signing us out? Yeah, yep, let's do it. Um, thank you, Jonathan, for uh, leading this podcast and replacing me. Uh, thank you again for Peter um, coming up and being our honored guest again. And thank you so much for the viewers. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, I'll mention right here right now, is that we got a lot of you that came and saw us at the calling, and that was really cool. And that honestly, despite me not making day two, it was an awesome day because of that. So thank you again for watching, and we will see you on the next one. Until then, keep on fabbing.